Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Greetings, Super Ninfrenos. It is episode 601 of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am your host, Seth Macy, and I am joined today by your Generation 9 starters, beginning with Casey DeFridis. Hello. Joe Merrick. Hello there. And of course, industry legend and fire type, Cat Bailey. 
Oh, thank you so much. That is like the nicest thing anybody has ever said to me. <laughs> uh, you might have noticed this is a very Pokemon packed panel. There's an obvious reason for that. Generation 9 is here. I certainly was not expecting Generation 9 to come along so quickly, but Pokemon and Scarlet, or excuse me, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were announced on Sunday at like nine in the morning like Eastern time. 10, it was 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, very, very strange time to do it. But we got a 14 minute uh, presentation where we get to see some new starters that everyone is arguing about now. But let's start. I mean, let's start the argument. Who, who are you starting with, Joe? You're the Pokemon expert uh, among experts. I would like to know which which is your favorite starter. I mean, let's get right to it. I mean, my favorite one is probably Troy Coco. OK, but I'm going to have to go for Quaxley because my fiance has bagseed it. Uh, okay casey where are you going i don't know i need to see Foycoco's evolution but Trigatito is just so cute and adorable yeah. and i know we have way too many cat pokemon i mean we've already got a litten which is a kitten another cat starter pokemon but i like my cats but yeah i've got to see their final evolutions trigatito has got to stay on all fours or else i'm not i'm not for it but Foycoco, maybe uh fire chili pepper crocodile cat <laughs> who are you starting with i'm with casey actually it kind of depends on what the final evolutions end up looking like because in legends arceus actually i started with decidueye because i figured oh like once rowlet evolves like it'll be great i love decidueye but no i didn't like the final evolution in arceus it was it was different and bad it made me sad <laughs> so now i wish i had taken typhlosion so not making that mistake again not making that mistake all right, put in a little study time. <laughs> I am going to pick whichever one is the least popular because uh, I did that with the. See, this is why I'm the casual Pokemon fan. The the, uh, the sealed one. Poplio. Poplio. Yes, and uh, that had the best, I think, uh, of the final evolutions, and I really loved it. you think so? Interesting. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, oh. it was super powerful, super OP, and uh, it was it went from a weird little sad clown seal to a beautiful princess of the sea. Beautiful mermaid seal. A beautiful mermaid seal. Uh, two things that you never thought you needed to see together. Well, I certainly did. Uh, I think this was a surprise for probably everyone because the discourse after Arceus was, oh, will this be the new direction that Pokemon eventually takes? Or will they be a, a Legends spinoff? So I'm interested to hear your takes on it. Uh, Casey. Were you expecting this <laughs> from I mean, Gen 9? I wasn't expecting the exact presentation. I was expecting that we would get Gen 9 this fall. Um, I think, I, yeah, I talked about this in January when we made our predictions that I did predict that we would hear about Gen 9. And if it didn't come out in the fall this year, it would come out next year just because it's following the pattern it has followed since Pokemon Black and White. And like, give or take a year or two, maybe three with all of the other Pokemon games, but generally this is the pattern that it follows. So I am assuming that Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl and Pokemon Legends Arceus were both delayed, which is why it was pushed in, which is why people did not expect to get Gen 9 this year because we just got Legends Arceus. So that's a lot of big, there's a lot of big Pokemon games within a span of a year, but I'm very excited. After playing Legends Arceus, I assumed some mechanics would make it over to the uh, Gen 9, and it seems that some of it has, 
and I can keep talking for forever. So I'll let someone else. No, please. Like, I mean, this is a Pokemon show. You're welcome to talk about Pokemon as much as you feel you need to talk. But I will ask Joe, is this, were you expecting that this is the direction that gen nine was going to take? Or were you expecting more of a sort of a mainline uh, traditional um, experience? Well, really from what we can tell, it is kind of like a hybrid of like the legends, Arceus openness and the traditional games like we've got the abilities back so this is pretty much what i've been expecting like sword and shield had a lot of well it had some of the editions of pokemon let's go specifically pokemon on the overworld so it stood to reason to me that um, gen 9 would include things from pokemon legends arceus so i i was expecting it pretty much but Okay. We'll have to see how much from Legends Arceus carries over. Like, I really hope the capturing does carry over because that's just, it's like, it gives a feeling of zen sometimes when you're just sitting in the grass and you're just throwing Pokeballs and it's catch, 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 catch. And it's like, that's relaxing. <laughs> so you want the open world relaxing Pokemon experience set yeah. in uh, a fictional Spain. Cat. Uh, you're plugged into the news. Like, did you did you expect this, or was this a surprise for you when you woke up? I was pretty surprised, actually. I thought we would get another year, at least before Gen Nine came around. And seeing Gen Nine now kind of retroactively makes me feel a bit worse about Legends Arceus because, while I I liked Legends Arceus ultimately. This game, at least from the teaser trailer, makes Legend Arceus feel more like a prototype than ever. Like, okay, here's our proof of concept. Now here's the real deal. Here's the real game. By the way, pay full price for both. So um, <laughs> ultimately, I enjoyed Legends Arceus. I'm surprised by... I, I thought Gen 9 would be a slightly more traditional-looking Pokemon game, and it, it still might in some ways, but um, this one does bear a great resemblance to Legends Arceus and just the openness, seeing all the Pokemon on the open world, overworld and everything. And yes, we had that in Sword and Shield as well, but it sure seems like they're going in the direction that has been kind of proven to be successful in Legends Arceus now. Yeah. Are you optimistic as to whether or not the Switch is going to be able to, I mean, just looking at the, the trailer, this looks like a whole lot for the ask of the Nintendo Switch. Are you you have any concerns? No. no. I think that uh, there's a Pokemon, there's a pattern with Pokemon games, and I think Joe can agree with me that the first entry on a new console is always the roughest. Uh, this was the case with X and Y, even going all the way back to Ruby and Sapphire. And the one that comes out after that tends to be way more polished and way better. So black and white, for example. Um, and now, and Sword and Shield, or Sun and Moon, which was the second one on the 3DS, looked way better than X and Y. So I kind of feel like we're going to have a much more polished and better looking experience than we did with either Sword and Shield or, um, or um, Legends Arceus. So what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I've been saying that for a while. You just need to compare like San Gem Town in Diamond and Pearl to uh, Castellia City in black and white. Just they are generations apart. It's like a generational leap. With um, Game Freak, it always does seem like they're taking these incremental steps rather than doing the big leaps whenever they go onto new hardware, which is fine. You, like You want to walk before you run. So I, I definitely agree that this this game is going to look 
it's going to be great. It's going to look great. <laughs> it might just have a couple of animation frame issues here and there in the distance. Like you can see that with the windmills, which just yeah. came up. Yeah. I mean, but also to be fair, this is like, well, I was going to say this is super early, but no, this is coming out this year, but this isn't the final not final game. No. There's a there's a lot of time for them to polish this, and we don't have a date. We just have a window. I'm sort of thinking this will probably be uh, like one of those Nintendo December games. They're the only company that seems to put a big game out in December. So um, I, I don't know, Casey. What do you think? When, when are we going to actually see this? We always get new Pokemon games in November, and I know they were vague and said just like late 2022, but I can't. I can't. It's been a long time since we got a fall pokemon game that wasn't released in november mm. i can't remember the last time so yeah, I, i'm thinking like you know we're, we're supposed to get breath of the wild sequel this later this year as well like is yeah. this just is this too much nintendo for, yeah, for too much. Yeah. And, and we're also getting xenoblade chronicles 3 this year right right it's a lot of open world <sighs> games and i'm i really want to know so they're calling this they were very upfront with calling this an open world. I said, welcome to the open world of Pokemon. But I really want to know, like, how open is it? And I know they were very careful to never actually call Legends Arceus an open world. Mm. But mm. but they are specifically saying that this is an open world. And I'm really curious about how they're going to do that. Are they going to do level scaling? Are they going to do something like, I don't, I think, I correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't actually played Elden Ring. But from what I understand, there is no level scaling. If you go in a place that's over leveled, like, you're just going to get yeah, you're yeah. going to get murdered. Very, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm wondering if that's how that is going to be. You're going to go to an area you shouldn't be, and you're just encountering Pokemon that are 30 levels above you. Mm, I I don't know. Hope that they actually do that. I love games that just let you <laughs> run into, like, you know, a murder pit immediately. And then you can come, it always just feels so much more satisfying when you come back, you know, 20 hours later and you're super OP, and then you can just, like, breeze through it. So I, I kind of hope that's what they do, mm-hmm. but time will tell. Kat, you've been you have been playing Elden Ring. Are you looking for Elden Ring Pokemon? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking for Pokemon Murder Pit. I like that idea. <laughs> Pokemon Murder Pit. Yeah. <laughs> what I actually think is going to happen is that we're going to get something akin to the DLC from Pokemon Sword and Shield, mm-hmm. which was uh, in Sword and Shield. You had the very specific wild areas, right, mm-hmm. where you saw the Pokemon on the field, and it, and there was an online component. And they were very discreet. But then in the DLC, they made the wild areas basically like the whole thing, right? The Isle of Armor was entirely a wild area. And it showed that they were kind of moving forward and refining the concept. And I fully expect something similar uh, and more advanced in Pokemon Gen 9. Mm. Joe, do you think... I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious, but is this is this Pokemon now? Is Pokemon open world? Or do you think there's room now for it to sort of go back? The only way I can see it going back is with remakes or uh, like another Pokemon Let's Go. I think going forward, Pokemon's going to be open, whether it's going to be like Legends Arceus, where you've got several open areas, or if it's going to be like this, which is a seamless open world. I think this is definitely the way forward. And this is what people have been asking for since like decades now so i'm i'm fine with it <laughs> i'm i'm interested what people are asking for today that we'll get in uh in 20 years from pokemon <laughs> i i this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of 
the NHL to your television. Uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN, and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with, like, Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea, and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't been paying a lot of attention, so I'm curious. You know, I know, Kat, you are, are plugged into the discourse. What is the discourse? Like, what, what, is, what are people mad about? <laughs> what what are people mad about? <laughs> I think Joe's more pl plugged into the discourse than I am because he's okay. the one who take, tends to take the brunt of the discourse. Mm. Yeah. Um, basically, the brunt of the discourse is about the lack of every single Pokemon being in it. That's mm. basically Did they all of the it? discourse these days. Uh, they, it was mentioned in the press release that oh. it's not going to happen here again. But it's just when too many of them, right? Yeah, when yeah. you think about it... 
There's over 900 Pokemon, including alternate forms. It's pushing 1,200 unique models, each with unique animations. Name me one video game which has that, has 1,200 different enemies with different animations. It's untenable. It's, you can't carry on like that. This was inevitable as much as it may suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there we just figured out what in 20 years they're going to have in Pokemon. That's going to be every Pokemon. All 6,500 by the time. <laughs> in every region. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have a game like this that's open world with every single region. You get to pick your starting region and every single Pokemon is in the game that you can catch natively. Pokemon World, there that's, it is. That's yeah, Pokemon World. It's not that's not gonna happen. Like, no. don't don't listen to me. I'm just I'm not saying this is what <laughs> it should be because I know that it's insane to actually think that that is possible right now. But I don't. Do we know, know how many? Eventually. How many they're gonna have in this one? Um, we don't know yet. But oh, no. since the transition to 3D, they've added between 70 and 90 new Pokemon with each generation. So. A lot of damn it's, Pokemon. It's not likely to take us up to 1,000 yet. That'll probably uh, come with Gen 10. Maybe, yeah. Well, that'll work hey. out perfect. My question yeah, is, will there be Mega Evolutions? Like, I don't think they're going to have the Gigantamax forms again. Mm. Like, they'll probably move on from that. But I'm wondering if Mega Evolutions will come back or if they'll go with an entirely different form or if they'll ditch the concepts entirely. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think that they're going to do anything like any gimmick? to sort of add to the evolutions or the battles like 100 percent that's 100 percent to that would um, you care to speculate well there is a little thing which we noticed with the japanese logos there's always on the like n symbol the no symbol and the pope the word pokemon there's usually a little icon above it and it was mega the mega stone for x and y it was a z crystal for sun and moon um and here we've got some sort of star so that indicates to me it's some Ooh. sort of gimmick for the battles and they're gonna obviously reveal that over time so the question is how it's going to change things we've had things change hp we've had things change the other stats we've had things change moves so i i don't know what could come next <laughs> i i feel like there are so many clues in that trailer that just don't make any sense to us now and as time goes on and they reveal more yeah. and more we'll go back to this trail and be like ah that's what that was <laughs> right yeah yeah we haven't heard anything since uh sunday morning uh about the pokemon it's substantially I, I'm, i wonder how long it'll be before we we, we see anything any, any probably e3. e3 yeah you think you think it'll be that long before it's they usually around us? then? Yeah. Okay. I will take all of your words for it. <laughs> I was like, well, I bet you the this week they give us something nice, a little little treat for us. Sprinkle out I, some Pokemon yeah. news. I did want to mention something specific as well. I know, um, Joanna, you brought up. I also really enjoyed the catching mechanics in Pokemon Legends Arceus. It was very chill and relaxing. And then there is one line on the official Pokemon website says you'll be able to experience the true joy of the pokemon series battling against wild pokemon in order to catch them and like i feel like that maybe answers that question but doesn't specify if they'll be getting rid of that mechanic in its entirety no because with when legends arceus was in a similar state it was like oh yeah there are no trainer battles in this game and oh yeah there are trainer battles in the game now so <laughs> So I think we shouldn't take it as pure face value. And since it's seamless and we can see that the battles are on the open world, mm -hmm. 
it's like how would that be initiated that would be initiated by throwing the pokeball just like in legends arceus so i can see it still happening but who, who knows who knows <laughs> well speaking of legends arceus i have been paying attention to the discourse enough to know that people are kind of uh shocked and amazed that we went from this whole entirely new direction for pokemon with legends arceus and then it seems like well we've forgotten about legends arceus so we would like to check in on the state of pokemon one month later legends arceus cat what is going on are people even even playing pokemons anymore there's a whole new set of DLC that came out, and I think Joe can probably speak better to it than I can, but by all accounts, it's apparently quite hard. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, got... they... it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's got some of the hardest battles I've ever faced in a Pokemon game. Like, there's the Eternal Battle Reverie, which is one of the new modes where it's just a constant stream of battles, and you earn points to then be able to heal, and the cost of healing goes up. and if when you reach 20 battles the pokemon are all level 100 and they've got max effort levels and it's just like designed for you to fail <laughs> and you need to get to the 50th battle to get a special mark on your like trainer cards and i don't know when i'm gonna be able to do that and i've been playing pokemon for 22 years wow I does it rad actually because <laughs> pokemon has been historically pretty easy ultimately even when you got into the the post game so it's kind of interesting that they've gone like no we're just going to challenge you you want a challenge here's a challenge so uh kudos to them and i wonder if it says anything about the direction that they'll go in gen 9 i am really glad that they added more challenging battles to this because the battle system in pokemon legends arceus i thought was really interesting and seemed more high it's Maybe not as like chess level strategic as mm. regular Pokemon battles are, but I thought it was definitely interesting and exciting. I'm glad that they added more battles in for us to experiment with that battle system in a more meaningful way that was more difficult. Uh, how do you, how do you guys feel about that, Joe? Uh, yeah, um, it's basically I believe the director of this game is the same one who directed Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, and before this game, I would argue that that game was like the hardest Pokemon game, and so this is. I can definitely see this is something they've been want well for the director has been wanting to do. And with all the new battles, it's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hardest part about Legends Arceus is when you fight some of the alpha Pokemon late in the game and you want to actually capture them, but they tend to be much higher level than you are. If you haven't been grinding a lot, which I'm not one or a lot of grinding. So, and I was able to capture all of the, a lot of various alpha Pokemon, especially once I realized that using Leaden Balls and Paralysis is a, a really good way to be able to capture them uh, relatively quickly. But I did have some pretty tense fights where my, where I was getting hit really hard. And uh, my mom, the, and the way they handled turns in this game is so interesting because. If you are, if a Pokemon is faster, it will sometimes get two turns instead of just one. Yeah. For example, um, it's it's a subtle change, but a, a pretty meaningful one, I feel like. So, uh, what's uh, what's going on with competitive Pokemon? Is that still 
is that's that, still going. Yeah, but is, is there's no is there no support for it in Arceus? Uh, no, there's yeah, there's no multiplayer. Okay, I only played for a minute and then my son stole it from me. <laughs> Joe, I'm curious. Like you, I mean, we've Legends Arceus has been out for about a month now. Like, what's your take on it? What's the what's the general community feeling on Legends Arceus now that everybody's kind of had a chance to really play it? Um. Well, I'm going to say it's disconcerting, but that's because people are generally positive. And <laughs> I'm not used to that. <laughs> um, but pe- people are generally happy with it. I mean, there are people who want multiplayer for it, but the battle system, I can't see that working well for any multiplayer, to be honest with you, because of the speed system. Mm. It's so integral. If you've got a fast Pokemon, there is a way of manipulating it so your opponent can't even get a move in you just have a very fast pokemon you use a priority move you use another priority move then you use an agile move of that priority move and you just keep it going so it's it's fine but people are happy with it and that's where some of the discontent for gen 9 has come because people like you said it's gone back to the traditional elements a lot of people thought this was the future when i've always said that to think of this like the metroid series you've got the traditional 2d metroid and then it branched off to metroid prime i can see pokemon legends being a branch of new main series so if people start seeing it like that then everyone will be happy hopefully (laughs) everybody happy happy wow what a world (laughs) pokemon (laughs) and also just to give a a quick summary of the dlc that was added we call it dlc but it's just a free update you just go in and you update your game and there's new content added there's a a new series of requests that you can start doing once you've seen the game's credits i don't know if you could do all of the quests after the main credits but you can at least do the line that unlocks a massive mass outbreaks uh, which is a new mechanic that instead of just having one outbreak on your map at a time you can have dozens of them you can even uh, be able to, it's a, it's a weird mechanic. You can feed a Munchlax some certain berries that lets you see mm. the Pokemon that are in those massive mass outbreaks. I don't know why. We guessed it has superpowers. Not yeah. sure. But it's a, it's a really fun new mechanic. It also uh, removed the ability to shiny hunt from the previous version as well. So I think this is the new way to shiny hunt. I'm getting the weeds again. That's fine. That is exactly cool. why we have assembled this panel of yeah. Pokemon experts. But you Please go into quests. the tall grass. Yeah, go in the t- Oh, hey, where there's wild Pokemon. So there are those new requests. There's also a new balloon challenge. There are also some other requests that I'm not sure what else, like what the purpose of them is. There's one, Joe, maybe maybe you know, there's this one request where you have to go to uh, Uruboro. Is it called Uruboro or Orberg? Orberg Tunnel? Um, yeah. And you have to fight an Alpha Onyx, and then it's over. Yeah, I think that, and there's a few other additions, I think they're foreshadowing another update, because okay. Ginter from the Jinko Guild, or however you pronounce it, he's had one new item introduced, which is the only new clothing item introduced, which is a pair of slippers. And yeah. that is just so unbelievably bizarre to me. And with that other request going nowhere, it's like, are they building to something? Yeah. It's like, why? So maybe you will get another one. I think it's actually kind of notable how much support Pokemon Legends Arceus has gotten uh, to this point. Like, Sword and Shield, 
it did actually get it got a couple of expansions as we know and everything it did get support but uh let to see a kind of regular cadence of updates for legends arceus is interesting to me Oh, and uh, there's a new mystery gift. If you go into the, your mystery gift and put in uh, Arceus Adventure, I think is the code, mm-hmm. you can get a bunch of uh, 30 of the 30 Ultra Balls, 30 Jet Balls, and 30 Gigaton Balls, and you will need them. You will want to have those for the, the new requests because you're going to be catching lots of Pokemon. Awesome. Uh, one final question on the subject of Pokemon. If you could transport yourself into any pokemon game which one would it be casey me first um yes (laughs) this is a very uh, dumb question so you don't have to give it any thought well here's thinking that the 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 whole universe is all connected right um Mm -hmm. i don't know Uh, but also I was going to say Sun and Moon. It's like, oh, Lola. It's like Hawaii. Like, that sounds cool. But also, yeah. Ultra Beasts are freaking terrifying. So maybe not. Um, <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe X and Y, just because it's modern. You have all your creature comforts. But also, there's Pokemon. France. Right. That sounds good. Let's do that. All right. Sweet. Joe, same question. Um, I'm just going to be boring and say Sword and Shield because, you know, Gala, UK, it's close to home. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Kat, what about you? Have I ever told you my Westworld theory for Pokemon? Uh, no, and uh, please, yes. Now we need to hear this. Pokemon is actually Westworld for kids because <laughs> it is a theme park with filled with robots for rich children who are get to be the hero of the story. And that explains why you have uh, characters just standing around waiting for you to come and challenge them. That's why when you fight Team Rocket... Uh, you know, you're a 10 year old kid who can beat Team Rocket and they don't just pull out a gun and shoot you. They're like, oh, no, I've been defeated. I'm just going to run away, that kind of thing. And of course, the actual Pokemon are robots, too. So this is it's it's all facade. That's what it is. Wow. So, But if they made Pokemon Westworld, would I go live there like the man in black? Yeah, I would. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Until I got burnt to a crisp by Robot Charizard and that was it. It's because it's like. If you read some of those Pokedex entries, it's like 900 degrees. It's uh, like w- one of them is the hotter than the surface of the sun or something like that. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. And Legends Arceus was the first game to start to kind of capture how messed up the world of Pokemon can actually be in a lot of ways. So they're like, oh, no, Pokemon are terrifying. <laughs> they came out and like were destroying our villages. They'll come and murder you. <laughs> so, Have fun. Don't die. Don't die. <laughs> I definitely appreciate the, the 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 dissonance between like these cute pokemon and like you're describing the description was it is drifloon who takes children mm-hmm. into the night and just murders I children think, in the woods yeah in legend in legends arceus it was all a big misunderstanding wasn't it yeah oh, really yeah. yeah oh well i'm oh, sorry to hear drifloon got a bad rap yeah that <laughs> doesn't gengar murder people like if you see a gengar you're probably gonna die yeah, there was one of the Pokedex entries. I think it might have been for a Mega Evolution, and it was like, if you see one, just give up. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, oh. but that's pretty much it. I would ha- try and find it, but that's awesome. Gengar already rules. And now he's like the most metal Pokemon. Well, heavy metal, not metal type. But all right, thank you all I, for your Pokemon have, thoughts, Casey. One I have more. Another question about. Scarlet and Violet. So 
In Sun and Moon in Alola region, we got Malasadas. We've got curry in Galar, and we mm-hmm. have potato mochi in Hisui. What food item are we going to have in Scarlet and Violet? I mean, it's set in Spain, right? So yes. paella. Yeah. That works. That's all I could think of was sangria, but I don't think that's a very... Well, they have been showing a bunch of grapes and oranges, and they did show crests featuring grapes and oranges. So, Ooh. like, yeah, grapes and oranges go on sangria, but that I don't... That is true. I don't know if they would have an alcoholic beverage in a Pokemon game. Mm. Oh, no, it's not alcoholic. Don't ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Grape juice with oranges. <laughs> the best way to have grape juice. All right. There are some new releases that came out recently that we need to talk about. Actually, there are some new releases that sort of came out this morning by way of the Kirby demo. But before we get to that, I want to talk about something Nintendo, which is the Steam Deck. There was a lot of conversation when the Steam Deck was first revealed. Like, is this the Nintendo Switch killer? Is Nintendo done? Is the Steam Deck going to change everything? And as someone who reviewed the Steam Deck, is looking at it right now, I can tell you, this is not the Nintendo Switch killer. <laughs> not even close. This is for people who like... Hey, it's, hey, it's me! Oh, this is so weird! <laughs> like the only other video on IGN where I'm not wearing a hat. Um, yeah, the Steam Deck is it's pretty impressive uh, for what it does, but this is for... I don't exactly know who, because it's... Ostensibly, it's for PC gamers, but you can't do the PC gaming stuff that you like. You can't open it up and change the graphics card or add more RAM. You can change the um, the hard drive, the SSD, but that's a little hard too. It's kind of expensive. Uh, battery life is really bad and it uh, the fan never stops running. So as far as Nintendo is concerned, everything is okay. They don't have anything to worry about with Steam Deck. Valve will do all right with it, I'm sure. Uh, I another thing that I sort of noticed or what came to my mind while I was playing the Steam Deck was, you know, we've been talking about a Switch Pro for like what? Uh, well, the Switch came out five years ago. So for four years and 364 days, we've been talking about a Switch Pro. Uh, I don't know that we're going to be getting a 4K Nintendo Switch anytime soon, because this is a very it's a it's much larger than the Switch. It's considerably thicker. It weighs like a pound and a half. And it outputs at 1200 by 800 and gets 90 minutes of battery life at, um, when I'm playing God of War. So I don't know. Switch Pro, I don't think it's going to be 4K. I don't think it's going to be just a small upgrade to the Switch, but we, we shall see that someday soon. Apparently, there was a, a leak about it. Kat, what were you going to say? I was going to say that it's never been Nintendo's MO with their portable platforms to go for the most powerful thing. Mm, and time right. and time again, all throughout Nintendo's history, we've seen examples where they've faced competition that goes for broke from Sega's Game Gear to the PSP. And Nintendo goes for the more inexpensive option that has better battery life and has a whole lot of games. And Nintendo always wins. And we're seeing that happen. With the Nintendo Switch right now. I'm not saying that the Steam Deck is going to be a failure, not by a long shot. No, 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 no. Um, Absolutely not, no. But it is a boutique hobbyist device, I think. I'm yes. still super on the fence about whether or not I want to actually get one. I kind of suspect that if I do get one, I'm going to be using it for stuff like emulation. Because 
I think emulation can be really interesting in a lot of respects, not just for piracy kits. And uh, I think that the Steam Deck's open platform nature compared to the Nintendo Switch is definitely an advantage. I, I think it's an advantage, but I also think it is a, uh, it's something of a problem because you can't just get games that work <laughs> that you would expect to work um because you know they have to design them for a million different things so for example any of the ubisoft games that require the launcher which is all of them i couldn't i couldn't play because the launcher wants to start in windows and it's not supported on the linux emulation of windows through proton and it was a real real horror show i think it nintendo has got to figure it out like make make a game for our um console and it'll work rather than the pc method which is make a game for infinite possibilities and hope that it works on our little device here but uh casey joe are either one of you interested in the steam deck are you getting one do you have one on pre-order no not, <laughs> not really no I, i'm not really that much of a pc gamer to be honest um i stick with nintendo we've got playstations here as well uh, pc gaming it's never really been for me yeah then i would not recommend the steam no <laughs> unless you like going into the command line in linux and Ooh, entering then the again. super user commands makes, yeah right you I just know. Saying, that makes me cringe <laughs> I'm, I'm, just saying, I'm not mm -hmm. huh? go ahead uh, i was Sorry. i was just gonna say i'm not much of a pc gamer and the reason i was interested in the steam deck is like maybe this will be a simpler way to play pc games and it does not sound like that so yeah i I wish it were. Kat, what were you going to say? I was going to say, to bring it back to Pokemon, uh, if you play on PC, there are some really interesting remixes out there, fan mods, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So that could be a lot of fun to play on the Steam Deck. Yeah, I mean, it is possible to add non-Steam games to the Steam Deck. It's just the ones that I was trying all had this extra layer of obnoxiousness, some proprietary launching platform that just made it so Not you're saying work. it's a PC is what you're saying. It's ex it's a PC. Every it's everything I love about PC gaming and everything I absolutely hate about PC gaming in one convenient device. So the it switch is fine. It makes me think about the fact that Nintendo has always kind of taken after Apple in a lot of ways in that they yeah. make the switch into this walled garden, right? And mm -hmm. Valve is going completely the opposite direction where you get so much customization and so many options, but it can be somewhat overwhelming. I think in a yeah. year, you're probably going to see custom homebrew and that kind of thing oh, on the absolutely. on the Steam Deck. They'll be like, don't, don't worry about what Valve is doing. Just get this. This is way better. And it will be a much easier way to play practically any game that you want on this thing. Yeah. So. I've already seen people playing Switch games on the Steam Deck on like YouTube. Wow, videos. that's insane. So, okay. Yeah. Um, I do think one very interesting thing about this is I feel like this is sort of uh, uh, like an audition for AMD to start mm. making, you know, other chips for other dedicated handheld systems because it is at 1200 by 800, which is the resolution that it outputs for the screen because it's a seven inch screen. But also I, I played Grand Theft Auto 5 and I turned all the options in the graphics to ultra and i was still getting 40 to 50 fps 30 in traffic and it was it's honestly it's very impressive so i think like whatever the switch is the switch's successor is if it is a handheld and i'm certain it will be it's it's kind of exciting to think you know what the steam deck means for the future of nintendo if that makes any sense if you 
Kind uh, of to bring it back to Switch Pro really quickly. Switch Pro was actually trending on Twitter recently because people found evidence that NVIDIA, I think it was working on DLSS yep. for a potential Switch successor. And I, I think the question that I have for Joe and Casey is, is the fact that we are seemingly getting a torrent of new games for Switch a suggestion that Nintendo is looking to cram in as much as possible for one final big year of Switch before moving on to new hardware? Mm. I don't think so. I think it's more that they're shoring up for like essentially a relaunch. Like with rather than a successor, get yeah, something incremental like the new Nintendo 3DS. I feel like they're building so that if there's something else later this year in terms of hardware, you have oh you could get a new Pokemon game for that. You could get Zelda for that. You could get Xenoblade for that. You could get Mario and Rabbids. For that and i think that's what's gonna be it's not like one final year because we all know nintendo you know kind of drag it on a bit and then when Slow the deaths. console finally dies you're like didn't that die three years ago <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying switch pro confirmed that's not what i'm trying to hear no. first <laughs> joe merrick switch pro confirmed here we go i see the headline right now oh, God. it's not what i'm saying but it's what i'm thinking very loudly <laughs> Casey, your thoughts? I have I have no dissenting opinions on that. Uh, I am so exhausted of talking about the rumored Switch Pro and it not being a thing for many many years. And I I no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean to be fair, people the what is it the the architecture for the existing Switch was like NVM, and they found a file that said NVM two, and logically that doesn't really follow that doesn't mean that that is like for the nintendo switch but that's sort of the the conclusion that everyone has reached and uh i i discovered that if you point out that that's not really a good logical conclusion people get very very mad about it yeah so. don't correct people on the internet no they hate it <laughs> people would rather live uh, with their dreams and i you know what that's fine we can all dream triangle strategy demo i finally played it that comes out tomorrow. Our review is uh, not finished because it's a very long game and our reviewer is taking time with it, which I absolutely love and respect that we let our reviewers do that. However, it's getting great reviews. Uh, I think like I saw a lot of eights, a lot of nines um, from sort of other outlets. Who's going to be playing Triangle Strategy? I am going to at least pick it up. Um, yeah. I'm still... I'm almost done with my run with Legends Arceus. I think that I'm on the fine the final main story boss uh, at the moment, and then I'll probably play through some of the extra stuff. But I don't plan to be a completionist because that's not really my mo. And it seems to me that Triangle Strategy is the kind of game that I like on Switch, which is I just pick up my Switch and start playing, and I can keep going. Um, if you're not super familiar with the concepts behind Triangle Strategy, it's an isometric tactics game. And it's a lot like Tactics Ogre, more, more so than Final Fantasy Tactics. And the key difference is in Final Fantasy Tactics, it's all about using the job system to customize your characters and make them as broken as possible. Whereas Triangle Strategy is much more about the storytelling and the political intrigue and everything. Uh, it's not your typical JRPG. It definitely moves in a kind of a more grounded direction in terms of politics and everything. I think that it's a real niche taste uh, for RPGs. 
in general. But I think that it's been quite a while since we've had a new game in this format. And I, my main hope is that this game ends up being a success. People really enjoy it. And that means we finally get the Final Fantasy Tactics successor we've been asking for for a very, very long time. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Joe, will you be picking this one up? Um, I'm still undecided. I'm not really that big on strategy games. Like, like it's sometimes they just tilt me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I have been meaning to get the, to Dan of the Demo and give it a proper go. Uh, like I've had friends say, oh, you should try this demo. I just haven't got around to it. I've kind of had a busy couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little bit. I mean, all the Pokemon games keep coming out. And you just don't get a break. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no break until late this year. Casey, you, have you been playing the demo? Or are you going to be picking this I one up? I do not have time. Yeah, there are these too many games that I want to be and will be playing. Um, I... I'm like kind of done with Legends Arceus, but there's still some things I need to do. Um, and I mean, by done, I mean, I'm not 100%ing it. I'm not doing all of the past solitude. I'm not doing the uh, the reverie. I'm not doing all of that. But mm. there's some other things I'd like to do in that game. But okay. I, I've only made, made a character in Elden Ring. I haven't actually been able to start it yet. <laughs> uh, Rune Factory 5 comes out this month. And oh, that's right. Kirby comes out this month, which oh, I, well, I already know. As well. Yeah, like you're so, all about the Rune Factory, so yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so yeah, and then also all of my friends for some reason started playing Ark Survival Evolved. So I have, I have too many, too many, too many games. <laughs> that's <laughs> random. That, yeah, is a, that is a random game to play. I like I said, I, I downloaded the demo. I started playing it. Like I love the art style. You know, I it's absolutely gorgeous and i wish this is what the final fantasy pixel remasters looked like mm -hmm. but um mm -hmm. ultimately i know what's going to happen is i'm going to get this i'm going to play it for two hours and then i'm going to say oh right i don't like strategy rpgs oh, you're breaking <laughs> my heart every strategy i'm RPGs sorry i i try i the Got only set. one that ever really uh like grabbed me was bahamut lagoon but it was such a pain for me to like load the um translation patch into the cart that i bought that i just off of it here's the thing about strategy rpgs they start slow but there's always a point where you just start going and you realize that you're incredibly hooked and it takes a bit but when you initially start it's always kind of like I, I don't understand there are too many things going on this game's really slow this isn't very fun but once you start digging in you start getting powerful characters then mm. and you start to look forward to things that you can acquire that's when it starts getting good. And by all accounts, Triangle Strategy has really good story as well. Um, I'm with you, Casey. I really want to play Elden Ring right now. I, I wish I were playing Elden Ring as we speak. But <laughs> I, I, I tend to have a game that I can play on Switch. The, the nice thing about Switch is that it's my companion console. So it's like, oh, I'm watching some TV. I'm going to just play some Switch. But if I want to really sit down and focus on a game, Elden Ring is over there. Yeah. I'm... I will give this more of a chance than I might otherwise have based on your recommendation because you've never steered me wrong and oh. I almost bounced out of Elden Ring, but then I kind of got over the hump and now I'm like you. Like I'm, I wish I were playing that Nintendo game even though I there's by all rights I should hate it. In fact, have you downloaded Pocket Card Jockey yet? I know I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I don't know where my 3DS charger is. I Time's need to almost find up. That. Hurry up. Oh my God, you're right. All right, I'll get yeah. right on that. Uh, this morning, the Kirby demo 
dropped and I played it. It's way too short. I wanted to play mm-hmm. so much more Kirby, but you get to play it again with uh, like evolved transformations. But Casey, you've been playing it. Can, can you talk yeah. about Kirby yeah. at all and how I adorable can. and beautiful it is and how much I already love it? <laughs> Yeah, so our preview actually went up this morning as well. At the same time that the demo dropped, uh, Mark Medina did the video and wrote the preview for that. I've also been playing a little bit early. I'm going to be working on the wiki for that and guide. And that demo does not show you a lot of the mechanics that are in the actual game. And I feel like it 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 kind of sells it a little bit short, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah. And the demo is extremely short and it kind of gives you a taste of what maybe to expect like you'll if you play through the second mission you see that there are like submissions in the level and it's really interesting because in this game you could literally run through the level and ignore like 90% of the enemies and only have to fight the the bosses that you have to fight in order to progress and it's super easy however if you want to rescue all of the waddle dees you have to complete certain missions. And some of these might be uh, like Waddledee's hidden in areas. You have to look or you have to find like five tulips in a level or you have to get through an entire level without falling off an edge or fight a boss without getting hit. And that will unlock further Waddledee's. And you want to unlock the Waddledee's because there's actually a hub town in this game where you unlock new facilities that have like mini games or you will be able to upgrade your weapons or you'll have a theater where you can go back and watch cutscenes. And so you want to unlock, do those puzzles and unlock those bottle Ds to be able to expand the town. I know a lot of people, me included, we all thought this was going to be open world for some reason. I don't know why we all collectively kind of believed that, but this is not an open <laughs> world game. Um, the presentation in the demo is not the same as the presentation in the real game. In the real game, you don't just have a list of levels to choose from. You kind of have a uh think of like a a more free to move around version of like super mario world where you're in an overworld and you can choose your levels mm. but instead of being stuck on a path you can like fly around to the levels while on kirby's star um and so you can good. also find secrets in that in that area as well like at collect levels unlock new uh challenges where you kind of have to master your kirby's different abilities and if you do that there's a, there's more to it. There's a lot more to it than what the demo suggests. <laughs> I and, yes. played this this morning and uh, I loved it so much. And it was so funny to be having played, you know, so much Elden Ring, then like play this. And it's yeah. just, you know, Elden Ring is like, uh, like drinking, like just the gnarliest IPA, and just <laughs> pounding it down. And then this is just this like refreshing, like clean water that just like, you know, brought me back. To, to to reality again but i am i'm so looking forward to this game i love the demo so much i didn't think i would love it as much as i did but i was like squealing like oh <laughs> my kids popped out of their, their rooms they, they have a snow day today and they're like oh, oh wow why are yeah it's maine <laughs> yeah wait what <laughs> yeah it's it uh school was canceled today because of snow so my kids are, are just like chilling playing video games and watching me like squeal with delight at uh, the adventures and capering of a of a pink puffball, so I'm very excited for for Kirby to be coming out. Cat, it's my favorite part of the show. Would you please do us the honor of presenting us with this week's cat tape? 
as usual, I've been workshopping some takes on Twitter, and this is one that I like. So Elden Ring, this is my excuse to talk a little bit about Elden Ring. I think that Elden Ring is secretly a Mega Man game. Wait, okay. <laughs> I love this. All right. Uh, here's why I think so. Elden Ring is secretly a Mega Man game because if you honed your skills playing the original Nintendo, you got very used to fighting bosses like those in Mega Man or Castlevania who had very specific patterns, right? And you had to react each time to how they moved. And if you learned those patterns and got them down, you could probably take them out without being hit. And it occurs to me playing Elden Ring that it's not that dissimilar when you're fighting a lot of these bosses where they have very specific patterns, very specific movements. They will telegraph how they're going to come after you and you need to know how to react. But I don't think games are like that these days. So people aren't really used to being able to do that. And that's why they struggle so hard. So what I'm saying, and I, I'm curious what everybody else thinks, Elden Ring is secretly an NES game. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, I've gotten to, is it Margit? Is that the, the first mm. boss that you're supposed to fight? I got to that boss last night and spent about an hour and a half not beating that boss. And then this morning, since I didn't have to take my kids to school, I was like, sweet, I've got time to play Elden Ring. And again, I didn't beat that boss. But I think I, I agree with you that it's an NES game because you do have to memorize those patterns. And it's so, the thing that I'm liking about it, and I don't like Souls games, and I've said like a million times I was not going to like Elden Ring, and I was, I was wrong. Why don't you like Souls games? Is it because they're hard? No, it's not because they're hard. It's because they, I just didn't think that they were fun. It always, mm. I, the, the analogy I used on Twitter was it feels like, I, I don't know if you've ever had a dream where somebody's coming at you and you try to punch them and your yeah. arm moves really slow. That's uh. what Souls games felt like to me. They just didn't feel good. And then for whatever reason, there's nothing particularly different about this one. It's just, it's just hitting with me. So, I, and I've started to recognize like, oh yeah, there are, obvious patterns here like i just need to learn this pattern and learn when to parry and learn when to um you know roll out of the way it, re it reminds me a lot of uh metroid dread's final boss that has the three phases like, spoiler for metroid dread of game that came out six months ago um and i had the worst time with that until i realized like no stop trying to cheese this and follow the patterns and once mm -hmm. i sort of disciplined myself into following the pattern with metroid dread i was able to beat that game and that's where i met with elden ring although it's a little bit uh i think less tight as far as like absolute pattern recognition than um metroid dread is but i definitely agree with you it has such an old school flavor in a in a new you know in a new skin so yeah it's a good cat take roll right when you're fighting roll right all, roll like, right all of these all of these uh these descriptions like yeah you just have to recognize the patterns and then you'll do better it's like that's just this monster hunter yeah that's yeah <laughs> it's monster hunter but it's like everything's really gross looking <laughs> there's an intentionality to a game like monster hunter or yeah. metroid dread or elden ring that i really enjoy which yeah. is you walk into a boss and you're 
going, okay, if you just run up and start whacking at them, they will kill you. You will die. And that is how it is. And you have to put some thought into your actual approach. And I think that there are a lot of mainstream games that don't necessarily want to force players into a situation where they're having to think about it. They just want people to feel cool and uh, enjoy the the spectacle of what they're seeing. So I, I think Elden Ring and Monster Hunter, honestly, which I'm in the middle of Iceborne right now, I uh, I think both of them do that really well. Yeah, I'm watching the uh, the Monster Hunter footage now, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. remembering uh, like. I shouldn't have, or I'm thinking I shouldn't have fallen off a of monster hunter. Cause that was also very funny. Maybe now that I've like really had been smitten by Elden ring, I will enjoy monster hunter even more. Is this playing rise or iceborne? I was playing rise. It's rise the first one that ever got like anything more than an hour's play out of me. I was like, Oh, there's okay. an expansion coming out this summer. So that'll be a good time to dive back in. Ooh. And my youngest son has a copy and he said he was going to play with me and then he never did. So he broke my heart. That's maybe why I didn't. <laughs> that's not true i'm not trying to guilt myself my son into playing video games with me that does I'm, not need so to happen i'm like i'm sorry i'm like really confused no okay i'm like i'm oh yeah i was like this is my gameplay but i didn't recognize the names of the palico and the palamute and i was like it's because it was really early on in the game and i was i was very confused i'm sorry that's why i completely zoned out during that time. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Yeah, we, um, we snuck anyway. in somebody else's play. Sorry about Sorry, that. Sorry, you distracted me. <laughs> I, I was I distracted myself. Do you have any, anything to add on Elden Ring? You guys are obsessed. Joe, mm-hmm. Have you played Elden Ring? Uh, no, I ha- haven't. <laughs> I've been really busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was very busy too, and then Elden Ring became my excuse to be busier. So I don't know. It's weird. I can't explain it. Last week we asked the question, is this going to, is Elden Ring going to unseat Breath of the Wild as like the greatest sort of open world mm. game of all time? And the answer, again, absolutely not. Elden Ring is, is wonderful. It is an incredible game, but Breath of the Wild has that magic. Like there's, uh, I, I disagree. I, I think Elden Ring is I, Sorry. I don't think Elden Ring is <laughs> For a different audience. It's for a different audience. It's true. Absolutely. They are different games, but I think Elden Ring is the real Breath of the Wild too. That's my, that's my bonus cat take. Oh, it takes everything yeah. that Breath of the Wild did really, really well and expands on it in almost every meaningful way. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Breath of the Wild 2 uh, ends up doing, but Elden Ring is self-evidently a masterpiece. So, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you on that, but Elden Ring, uh, the, the world of, uh, of Breath of the Wild is just so much more interesting to me from like a purely aesthetic viewpoint. And there's delight to be found where I have not found a moment in Elden Ring where I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. There's a giant horse and I'm going to try to make it my own and ride it around. Or there's a skeleton horse. Double jumping horse is great. The double jumping horse is, he's, he's, I like that he he has goat horns because that's not, not something you normally see on a horse, but I don't like the way that horse feels at at all. I feel like I've been surprised a lot, actually. Uh, People have been talking a lot about the hug that you get and how it debuffs you. Uh, putting aside uh, the kind of weird mechanics behind that, just the tenderness of that hug really stood out to me. I don't see that kind of emotion a lot in a lot of animations. And then mm. the characters who just will pop up when you sit down um, for the game's equivalent of a, a campfire and the the design to them and how they have this sort of 
uh, I don't know, mysterious or mystical look to them. I, I find myself really captivated by this world, actually. But I, I, I think Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild obviously can exist side by side. Like they're yeah, two amazing games. So whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. I, I, I think Elden Ring is the goth breath of the wild. I think oh, I'm into that. Yeah. I like yeah. goth. Yeah. I'm <laughs> into goth too. The goth so. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> this is a good, good week for the goths. It's also a good week for the super Nintendo. Oops. Spoiler. NBC's best console ever finals happened this week you voted for the winners right off the bat the nintendo switch took the lead uh started stretching it out quite a bit and i thought well that was not very surprising however super nes quietly began to build its vote count it closed the gap and eventually surpassed the nintendo switch ultimately defeating it in the closest matchup since we started this tournament 54.1% to 45.9%. So congratulations to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. You are the greatest Nintendo console, according to NBC fans and voters. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually disagree. I came around to thinking that actually the Nintendo Switch is the greatest nintendo console of all time so please send your hate mail you know where i'm at you know i'm on twitter why why do you think the switch is the best i think i think and we've talked about this that you know you i think it was actually you that said you can play super nintendo games on switch but you can't play switch games on super nintendo and i know that that's pretty reductive but it it is you know there's a there's a lot of memories like the super nintendo was probably the most incredible console event of my life like i worked a whole month of the summer in the blueberry fields of maine to make money to buy my nintendo switch when i was 13 years old that's a very seth origin story that is exactly it was it was either that or a skateboard and i went with super nintendo um instead so uh yeah and now i work here or i could be working at thrasher for all we know but uh I love this the Super Nintendo. It is probably my favorite console just from like a pure nostalgia standpoint from just like the meaning of it to me the, the time of my life I was 12 going on 13 we just moved to a new town. It was this sort of grounding element that I had I could just go and play it. But the Super or the Nintendo Switch is just so good. It's so good. I can take it with me anywhere and I don't have to tell my mom I have to find a safe spot. I can't come to bed right now. So I can just shut it off and do all of that. So yeah, I, I I'm I don't believe believe it myself, but I think that the Nintendo Switch was robbed. Oh. Can I can I say now. a kind word for the Super Nintendo? Oh, of course. Uh, maybe only one of these consoles has Chrono Trigger on it. That's that's my take. So I mean, yes, that is also <laughs> true. I mean, and I said you know one of only one of them has Final Fantasy VI on it. Yes. Yep. But Joe, what 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 is your favorite? Nintendo console. Oh, that is tricky. Um, uh, that's putting me on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I can see it for the Switch because there's just so many fantastic games out there on it. Um, the nostalgia part of me goes Super Nintendo because so many hours are spent playing Secret of Mana, Link to the mm. Past, all sorts of games. Unirally for the massive like niche throwback um but 
I might have. I mean, are we including handhelds in this? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yep. We included I, all the mainline Nintendo uh, consoles. I would have to go 3DS then. Oh, okay. 3DS. Interesting. Mm. And it's that just is a very good choice. So much to it. There's so many great games on it. There's the Street Pass features, which were great, and it helped build, uh, bring people together. And what, what more do you want from a gaming console? Yeah. So hopefully, going walking around a gaming convention with Street Pass and 3DS was an amazing. So experience. good. Yeah. All right, Kat. The 3DS is maybe the most underrated Nintendo platform, I think, because I, think I agree with you. Yeah. It, it has so much to offer, like Joe was saying, but I don't think that it gets talked a lot about or inspires a ton of nostalgia yet, but maybe mm. that will change at some point in the future. I feel like the GBA gets a lot more uh, credit than the DS or the 3DS, which I think is pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. I think it's just, you know, like you said, it is the nostalgia. So in another probably 10 years, when kids who grew up with the 3DS have the money to go back and buy all the games that they couldn't when they were kids, then we'll start to see, you know, some real actual nostalgic love and deep dives. And, you know, we'll probably be doing a feature about <laughs> the best, you know, games that you should still be playing. So yeah, 3DS is a wonderful, wonderful system. I was surprised when the Nintendo, um, where you could see how much time you spent playing on your Nintendo console mm -hmm. on the uh, on the eShop. I I was expecting way more time on my 3DS, but I think I might have not had a um Nintendo account set up properly because I played the living hell out of my 3DS. So, I don't know. Now go buy Pocket Jockey <laughs> before it's too late. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what we've been playing. I already said I played Triangle Strategy, Kirby Demo, and that, that, that Elden game a little bit. Um, Casey, what have, what have you been up to? I, I've also already talked about it. I've been, talking, I've been playing Kirby oh, right. and Arceus and uh, last week, Horizon. Yeah, mm -hmm. pretty, much, pretty much what I'm on. Well, Joe, what have you been playing this last what? few weeks? Would it surprise you to know that I've been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus? Oh! What? Um, no one had that on their bingo card. How many hours do you uh, have in that game at this point? Um, I don't look. Um, it's <laughs> gonna be lower than it would be because I did like soft reset the uh, outbreaks and all that. So it's probably close to three hundred hours. Wow. Wow. And um, I'm building a living shiny Pokedex, and this game is such an easy way to do it. And this week, with the addition of the massive mass outbreaks, I have like got every single new Pokemon and new form available in this game as a shiny now. So I'm very happy with that. Wait, you have every Pokemon as a shiny? No, I'm not total. I'm at around uh, 770 of the 1200 Pokemon. <laughs> That's forms. unbelievable. Total. It's just building my Pokemon home right now. And. This game's really helped. I've got about 80 shiny Pokemon just sitting in boxes waiting for Pokemon Home connectivity to come for Pokemon Legends Arceus just to add it into my collection. Wow. That's, That's awesome. extremely <laughs> cool, yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure everyone watching this knows, but Joe runs Therapy.net, so, and I very respect 
all of the work that you put into that uh, website. It's amazing. So it makes sense that you have 300 hours into this game. Yeah. The work you put into it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would. This will be a Cerebi uh, appreciation uh, moment, but absolutely every time I get a new Pokemon game uh, with my kids, I visit your website <laughs> to know <laughs> what, what is blush. what. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, not only does it have everything that you need to know, but Google has also respected what you know. So that's the, the you get that good SEO juice going on too. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know what to do or say now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I think I told you this the first time I met you too, but I've been going on a Cerebi regularly uh, for as long as I can remember. I used to check it like almost every day just to see what kind of new Pokemon stuff was coming out. That's awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was reading Cerebi back when uh, you were having the first screenshots of Pokemon Coliseum. And I was oh, like, wow. I was like, oh my god, Pokemon Coliseum looks amazing. I can't wait to buy this game. So your um your site is where I learned about EV training for the first time. Hmm. I mean, I really hesitated adding some of those mechanics because back back in those days I was like, that spoils the magic. But then I realized, you know what, Joe, get over yourself and I just put it up there. <laughs> It's a wonderful resource. Every time I play a Pokemon game, I have it open on like my phone or uh, like my laptop or something. So I can just know what I'm doing instead of being floundering around like the idiot that I am. So thank you for that. It is time for question block. We have some questions this week from our Facebook group, which you should check out on. Well, it's on Facebook, obviously. Uh, the Nintendo Voice Chat official Facebook group, I think is what it's called. William Elmer asks, and this is a question for everyone on the panel, obviously. What is your all-time favorite Super Nintendo game? And this one is so impossibly difficult because trying to narrow this down, I just think of like, oh, every game that I loved. Like, I loved Mega Man X. I loved Street Fighter 2. I loved Final Fantasy 2, which we call 4 now. I love Chrono Trigger. I love Secret of Mana. I, but like I said before, it's Final Fantasy VI. That is my all-time favorite Super Nintendo game. No surprises there. Kat, what would you consider your all-time favorite Super Nintendo game? The champion console, I remind you. Super Metroid. I mean, Super, Super Metroid, Metroid yeah. is, I, for my money, the best game ever made, which I think I was Ooh. talking about during Metroid Dread. It's influenced yeah. so much. But more than that, like, it's just got everything for me. I like sci-fi. It has an amazing protagonist in Samus. It does a surprisingly great job of telling story, telling its story, and it has a lot of atmosphere to it. And it's just the kind of game that when I pick up, I find myself kind of falling into all over again. It's such a wonderful and beautiful game. It's like timeless, you know? Yeah. So I, I think it encapsulates everything that was good about the Super Nintendo, but I also like Final Fantasy VI a lot too. Uh, yeah. Seth, that was a good pick. Yeah, it's I. I'm this close to buying the uh, the twenty dollars Pixel remaster on my phone, just because oh, I yeah? want to play it. Just wait for yeah. Switch. It's gonna I come know, out on that's Switch. That's the thing. Is as soon as I buy it for my phone, it's gonna come out on Switch. So <laughs> I don't know. Casey, do you have a favorite Super NES game? You don't want to ask me that question. When yes, I, I do. Super, <laughs> when I had a Super <laughs> Nintendo, I was a very small child, so the only games I played were the ones given to me by my parents. So if you were to ask 
small Casey with the Super Nintendo? Yes. You would tell you. You want to know. The Lion King. Oh, I that's did. a great game. <laughs> I did. Oh, wow. You did. Wild. That's and why I'm, you're a guide writer now. <laughs> me looking back on myself as a child, I'm like, how? Because I try to replay it when it came out on the Switch, and like, I can't do that second level now. Nobody can but do could, it. Yeah. But I could when I was a kid. <laughs> Oh, wow. But I so I I loved it. I replayed and finished this game dozens and dozens of times. It's um, a that's a great pick. Like that is absolutely wonderful game. So yeah, no judgment here. And the fact that you beat it is legendary. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how. Maybe it's because it was one of the only games I had. So yeah. I just you know like slammed into the wall of this game hundreds of yeah. times because I had nothing better to do with my time at the time. So. Yeah, kids today they don't realize that you would get a game and that would be the that game it. that you would have yeah. for like six mm-hmm. or eight months. Mm-hmm. You didn't have anything else. You maybe would rent one and hope you could beat it over a weekend. But yeah, so no, it's understandable. Joe, what is your favorite Super Nintendo game of all time? I mean, it, that's very tricky. Like there is one game which like sticks to me very much in my nostalgia for it, it's king arthur's world i don't know if anyone's ever heard of that i am but not that, familiar yeah. that was like a strategy game where you've got wizards and all that and it was like a 2d platformer but i no, oh, there, there it is this is wow. red just pulled this up if you're I watching the video the master look at him go <laughs> i mean i don't know if that's like the best game but that I just love it, and it's kind of got a Lemmings-like quality to it as well. Yeah, I can I see that. I really, really enjoyed that. I spent so many hours playing that. And alternatively, Secret of Mana, you can't go wrong with that. That was my so first introduction to JRPGs, and I oh, wow. what played a that great game introduction. over and over and over and over. I still sometimes just turn it on, especially now it's on the Switch. I just turn it on and, you know, I can play it over the weekend, have a fantastic time. Yeah. That's a lovely game. It's actually it's very easy to go back to. I was I was quite surprised when I uh, got it on the Super NES Classic. I was like, oh, I remember really liking this and played it quite far. And then I got lost and fell off of it. So um, those are all great picks for uh, your favorite Super Nintendo game of all time. And, you know, I'm actually going to try to find this King Arthur game now because it looks really cool. It probably like, hasn't it- held up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Nintendo will bring it to NSO. that is true well no no no. i mean if it's a good game then it's it won't be coming i think it's funny because joe was talking about like i don't know about strategy games but you just like (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what caused my hatred of strategy games oh (laughs) it's an early poison well thank you all so much for being on the show today to talk about pokemon but that is all the time that we have for this week's nbc Follow us on Twitter at the NVC Podcast. Excuse me, at NVC Podcast. Submit your question block questions on the NVC Facebook group. Thank you, Joe, for joining us this week, as well as Red on the ones and twos. Most of all, thanks to you for listening. And remember, NVC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the thing. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, 
coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.